0: this is unbreakable with Jay Glazer a mental health podcast helping you out of the gray and into the blue now here's Jay Glazer
1: welcome back to unbreakable a mental health podcast with Jay Glazer and it is my real honor and pleasure to bring in a dude here who he is a phenomenal football player he was one of the top picks of the draft a couple of years ago but he's a better person because he's using his platform to really help others and try and kick this door open of, of mental health and the stigma around it. You guys know how much I talk about it, and I need more warriors like him to talk about it also. And the the faster we could all realize we're in the majority, those of us who struggle with with things, and we're not the minority, the more we're going to be apt to turn to our teammates and turn to our family members, turn to anybody, and start talking about it so we don't have to suffer in silence. With that, I'm going to welcome in my dude, Solomon Thomas. How are you, brother? I'm good, Jay. How you doing? Thanks You're for having me great, on. great, man. Absolutely. You're in uh, where are you right now? You're in Philly. I'm in Philly right now. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Tra- training in, with one of your buddies, actually. Uh, Lane in the <laughs> game. <laughs> I love it, dude. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah, sir. <laughs> uh, make make sure you uh when you are tr- training with Lane, say, "Hey, I want to learn some of his wrestling stuff." You did with Glazer,
0: and then hold yeah, on no. for a ride. No, I will <laughs> definitely will. No, I, I need, <laughs> hold on for a ride, tennis man. Tennis he's a strong <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> oh my, he's a he's an animal. He's a freak. Yes, sir.
1: Before we get into like your stories is wild. You've been through a lot. Your, your sister having committed suicide and what you're doing about it now. Mm-hmm. Before we jump into that, as we talk here, for me, with my anxiety and depression, it, it always goes to the worst possible scenario. Like when I've been in contract talks, even when I've mm-hmm. re-signed, I've been like, nope, it's not going to happen. Fox yeah. is going to sign it and shit. Is, I've been there for 20 years. Take us yeah. inside of the mind with somebody like you who has anxiety and mm-hmm. mental health issues when you're mm-hmm. living in the unknown of free agency.
0: Definitely. Yeah. So it's just part of the job that people understand is the, uh, always not knowing what's next, not knowing where you're living, not knowing who you're playing for. And someone for me, I've been on one year deals the last two years. So each after each year, pack up, kind of go wherever, come in a nomad right. and then just kind of wait to hear like where I'm going next. And like the process of it, is, it, it builds a zombie because you don't focus on it till it happens when. March, whatever hits and it's French, you start, you see all your friends inside or teammates inside and you're still not or those thoughts are creeping in. Okay. Like, hey, like, am I good enough? Hey, what's my value? Hey, where am I going to be? Hey, what's next? Like the uncertainty just builds and builds and builds. And you have to bring yourself down to the present moment of what I'm doing. And whether I'm training, whether I'm talking with you, whether I'm talking to my mom or dad, watching the show, whatever, I have to just be in the moment and control what I can control. Because if I just let the, all the thoughts and all the unknown just keep going roaming in my head i'm just gonna build myself down i'm gonna just collapse honestly but right. but being in this work and being in the mental health work i've, I've known how to combat this i've learned how to right. how to attack this like i wake up in the morning i feel anxious because i don't know what's next so i take a cold shower to kind of deal with that and and other things like i'll are a journal for all the day to make sure i can right. get out of my head or other things but like being in this work has helped me but that's kind of what it's like for a player like me who've gone one year deal to one year deal
1: you know one of the things i try to show people is where your anxiety and depression and, and your ADD could actually be weapons and superpowers. So if you didn't mm-hmm. have the anxiety, you wouldn't have these tools to better handle living in question right now.
0: Definitely. Definitely. And, and that's what I've loved and I've learned. Like so now I, I try to, I don't know, I don't call them instincts, but I have these feelings and I, I base decisions or coping mechanisms off these feelings, but I'm feeling sad whether I'm feeling anxious, whatever it is, whether I'm feeling angry. But now I have these outlets, these tools that I've learned through therapy, through other mental health advocates or, or foundations, my, my own organization, certain things I've learned to deal with these emotions, deal with these feelings, so I can still feel what I'm feeling, but be present and be okay, and be okay with however I'm feeling in the moment.
1: That's beautiful. And it's cool? Like, there's two dudes like us who can now talk openly about things and our feelings and which we wouldn't have done a year ago, two years ago, three years ago. Mm -hmm. Right. It's, it's great to have this now where you don't have to just put on that mask. Definitely. "Um, Yeah, This shit doesn't bother me. Fuck yeah, it bothers us.
0: (laughs) I mean, I mean, we're just human. Like, and we're going through different things. Like you're going through things. I'm going through things and we're feeling certain emotions because of it. And, And it's not weird. We're not weird or alone or awkward or, or whatever, just because we feel anxiety and depression as a man, or we feel sadness and anger as a man. Like these are normal feelings of the human experience. But as men, we just normally block them off and we don't feel them. We're like, okay, sadness. Oh, no, I'm a man. I, I can't feel that. Or right. anger. Like, oh, that's good for a man, but I, I'm using it in a bad way. Right. Or like all these other feelings, like we've been taught just to just block them off and push them down. But when we do that, we just build and build and build bad stuff. And when that explodes, that's when bad and sad things happen
1: Yeah, For me, when I would live in question, I would tend to sabotage things because I would think that, hey, the worst possible scenario is going to happen. So I would make the worst possible scenarios happen faster because the pain of living in question was too much for me, which is Mm -hmm. obviously not the healthiest thing. And now I understand Mm -hmm. it. And like even my girl said to me the other day, like, hey, 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 I'm not going anywhere. You don't have to push me away. This is, we're good, right? So it's a, it's a tough place to be between your ears when you think you deserve for the worst possible thing to happen. So you're going to speed up the process. Mm -hmm. Overcoming that was, was big for me.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, and and like you said, our our thoughts matter and what we think matters. And if we just believe it and and let ourselves tumble down there, it can, it can lead to hard places. But as as, the more we understand it and can be aware of it and can have an action plan to, to, you know, cope with that and fix that, the more we'll be straight. So now you're
1: doing a lot of work with mental health. Tell the world why. You went through something mm. very traumatic a few years ago.
0: Yes, sir. Yeah. So uh back in 2018, um, I lost my big sister out of suicide and completely, you know, didn't know much about mental health, didn't know much about suicide. You heard about it. You're like, oh, that's sad. But until it hits you, it is a pain that I wish on nobody. And I hate for anybody to feel the pain that, that my that my sister went through, that me and my family go through, from losing my sister, but just through my families, we upside down. We didn't know much about mental health. We're thrown into the world of mental health, and people don't talk about it. People yeah. aren't talking about suicide. People aren't talking about why Ella died. People just talking about Ella's dead, and we're we're sorry for the Thomas family. Mm-hmm. You know, we we're, were very blessed to have you know some great foundations around us to keep our keep us on our feet around the time after Ella died, and to keep us going, but. Like it's something that I didn't talk about. Like I was feeling, I was so angry at the world. I was angry that my sister's not here. I was depressed. Like didn't know how to deal with grief. Didn't know how to walk with it. Um Was just trying to be strong for my parents and just kept pushing all emotions and like anything I felt down. And I uh, just kept building this this big dark kind of like shadow like down in my stomach. And the more I built it, the more it, it just kept growing. And you know, I I even did like a couple of speaking things where like I, I not speaking. I, I wrote an article with Molly Knight for ESPN, and we talked about. Ella's story and I, I got this outreach of so many people having similar stories about like feeling Ella's pain or or understanding my pain and I didn't realize how big of a problem mental health was in this world and so like that just kind of opened my eyes to mental health but still I was doing the same thing I was I was pushing down my own depression anxiety and whatever I was feeling and it got so bad I got to a point where I didn't want to be here like you know I couldn't feel happy I couldn't feel sad I couldn't feel anything like life just felt dull. Um, didn't care about waking up, didn't care about going to sleep. And, you know, I was very, very fortunate to be approached by my general manager at the time. And he told me that, Hey, John, got your back if you need help. And after that, I I went home and I thought about, I was like, dude, what am I doing? Like I, I legit don't want to be here. I don't like life. I need help. And next day I told John, Hey, John, like I really would appreciate some help. I'm struggling right now. Started going to therapy and that's when things change, change for me. And therapy wasn't easy. It just wasn't like a snap like that. It was. So, but this is you, you go, you go to yeah. John
1: Lynch, the GM of the, the 49ers. Right?
0: Yes, yeah, sir. Yeah. I was at the 49ers at the time. This is back in 2018. And wow, that's, that's you know,
1: brave of you though, man. That's brave. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, but the thing is like he approached me first and that's what really gave me the space to open up and to talk and really think about it. Um, if he didn't do that, I don't know what I would have done. I don't know if I would have gotten help. I don't know where my life would have gone, but it's him giving me the permission to get help really change the trajectory of everything but like what i try to tell people with this though is that you don't need permission to get help help is good help is a good thing help is a sign of courage and strength getting help it takes so much more strength to get help than to just sit back and not say anything when i was going through my depression and my suicidal thoughts i was everyone would they would ask me what i was doing like how i was doing i would just say i'm good like i'm going fine but deep down inside i was i was dying inside but Therapy really helped change a lot of that for me, helped me see my feelings, understand my feelings, help me understand it's okay not to be okay. I, I learned how to be sad and have a good day. I learned how to cry and have a good day. I learned, you know, a, a lot of certain things that kind of helped me just move on with life and understand feelings and emotions. But, you know, from that, you know, my family really understood how big of a problem there was in this world. And we started the foundation called the Defensive Line where our mission is to end the epidemic of youth suicide, especially on people of color, by transforming the way we connect and communicate over mental health. And, you know, our idea with that was to go talk to the mentors in schools and sports programs and businesses and um just making sure we equip them with the language of mental health, making sure they can talk about it, making sure they can create the safe environment with their classrooms, businesses, sports uh, locker rooms, how they can, you know, just look for warning signs, how they can uh make sure they find the resources in the area. And so we're just doing that and been able to work with some great programs on um, businesses like MGM, Stanford university, Yale University, but we're just trying to do everything we can to, to stop you suicide and stop suicide on earth. But um that's my story with mental health, but it's uh it's been a journey and I'm I'm learning every day. I'm growing every day. Um, and I appreciate people like you. for having these conversations.
1: Well, we you can really teach people a lot is you know, when your sister committed suicide, what it, what she left behind when I, when I, I deal with a lot of vets and a lot of players mm-hmm. and we started a charity mm-hmm. called MVP emerging vets and players where I put the two together in transition to kind of help them have a new team again, and mm-hmm. you know, I always tell them, you know, when someone commits suicide and the whole room is crying, I'm like, whoever in here is attempted suicide, you, know, do mm-hmm. you you think your your, your brother here or your sister who just committed suicide is looking down on us, seeing everyone cry, going, "Yes, mm-hmm. look what I did," or you think she's up there, like, "Oh no, what did I do? I didn't mm-hmm. I didn't mean to leave that carnage mm-hmm. behind, right? Yeah. What you getting the call and you know, just kind of take me through that of what that was like, man, because I've i had people yeah. take their lives, but not my sister.
3: You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com
4: to get started. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health.
0: Man, worst, worst, uh, worst phone call of my life. Uh, yeah, dad called me. Um, you know, as I was a training back in Dallas after work rookie year, got a call from my mom early in the morning. because I Have you heard from Ella? Like, no, I haven't heard from Ella. Um, and you know, were there, were there signs uh, beforehand? Yeah. I mean, so my sister's story, so she, she struggled, she was diagnosed with, with depression, anxiety, and my, my parents like got her help throughout her life, whether it, whether it was, whether it was therapy, medicine, whatever it was. Um, Ella was 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 different than other people. Ella was very open. Like she was like kind of how you and I are being right now. We're being vulnerable. Mm. We're being transparent. She, if someone asked how Ella's feeling, she was ahead of her time. She'd be like, "Hey, I'm feeling pretty anxious today," and that would scare people back in that day. Like people oh, didn't know right. how to handle that. People know how to address that. Um, and that kind of pushed Ella away and made her kind of like kind of be less less of her true authentic self. And mm. Ella suffered a traumatic event in Arkansas, um, her sophomore year that caused her to drop out. Um, and then after that, just things kept getting worse and worse, whether it was who she was hanging out with, whether it was her talking to us, giving away, you know, certain belongings or there are just signs that they definitely let up, but we, we saw them, we knew them and we wanted to help Ella. And I was always, just, we were always just trying to be like, Hey, Ella, we love you. We want you here, moved her home, all this stuff. Um, we had a great Christmas, one of our best Christmas as a family, you know, and in San Fran, my rookie year. Then I get home in January and it's like everything's dark. Like I can't connect with her. Um, I can tell she's struggling. The night before she died by suicide, we made plans to go see her at work and, and have a, and have a great day the next day. Like we had plans. We, we had things we were going to do. Wake up in the morning, my mom asked me like, hey, have you heard from Ellen? No, I text her, don't hear anything back. Um, you know, my mom's like, all right, I'm getting worried. Um, she's about to leave school. Um, and then, you know, I get a call from my dad and I'm just worried. I'm like, I've, I've been talking to my mom. I'm like, why is my dad calling me? And he calls me and, and, uh, yeah, it's, uh, he just tells me like, Hey, Ella died, and just drops to the floor, crying. Ella's dog just all over me, just like worried and pushing away, you know. Just, and then, but the emotions, like, is just like, what? What is life? What is real? Like, what? How is this happening? How is my sister not here? How did I save her? All the feelings, the guilt, the sadness, the anger, the confusion, the depression—all that just hits all at once—and is truly the worst feeling I've ever felt in my life. Look,
1: you should feel no guilt because it's on whoever mm-hmm. commits
0: the act, right? And again, this is
1: what we leave behind when someone does it. And, you know, we, we obviously they're getting, they're in a different place, but you leave all this this carnage behind for everybody to deal with. So I'm, I'm trying to you know, villainize suicide, I'm trying to do as much as I can, because I think right now, mm-hmm. especially with social media, making us all think our lives suck. When someone takes their lives, everybody's looking at that person like this yeah. outpouring of love. And we all start going, well, shit, my life sucks right now. Everybody loves mm-hmm. Johnny. I want that kind of love. And I think that's, kind of led to the epidemic a little bit instead of seeing the raw emotion that you're showing out there right now, this is really what it is.
0: Yeah. I mean, just, you know, this, it's a hard, hard yeah. feeling that I, w- I wish on nobody. Like it it, it really sucks. And and, and and it hurts because like Ella was in so much pain. She felt like she needed to do this. She felt like it wasn't going to get better. She felt like she just was going to feel this for the rest of her life. And um, she thought it was going to be easier just to end it than than to keep going. And th- And that's what, people don't understand like when people die by suicide is that they didn't end it because of you they ended up because of this, they ended it because there was so much pain that they couldn't keep going. And what we're trying to do is to let people know that hey, this pain is yes, you might continue to feel it, but there's going to be ways to manage it and deal with it. And if it to get better and there's hope in it and there's light in this tunnel that, of darkness that you're going through and just, just trying to preach this message and keep this message going. Um, because like we need people here these are great people who need to keep living um and, and i feel like suicide is the most is the most preventable death and yeah. trying to find every way possible to prevent it for anyone going through anything
1: man that's a lot for you to go through brother i mean that's that's a lot mm-hmm. of trauma for you to go through how, how healed would you say you are at this point
0: <laughs> i'm healing i'm not healed yeah. um i'm i'm forever healing like it's like um I did an event last week, actually with Dak Prescott. He, he actually lost his, his brother to yep. suicide in 2020. I'm drafting. Yep. You know, um, you know, we we were asked a question like, you know, does grief ever get easier? And like we both answered and we were like, no, and Grief does not get easier. Like, and it's just feeling like I, I forever have like a hole in my heart. Like I'll keep living. I'll be okay, but my heart will never be a hundred percent because I always have this part of my heart that's missing and that's LO. But. You know, I'm healing each day by learning how to live for her, learning how to attack mental health, learning how to attack suicide. Um, being my true authentic self and taking the things I learned from mental health and applying to my life every day and trying to be a leader in this realm, trying to be a leader in the locker room, trying to be the best person I can. But it's brought me on, on a perspective that like I hadn't felt before that like, you know, Hey, like soak, like I've, I've had people die in my life before, but losing a sister was just different, but soak up every single day and ounce or in the people have these vulnerable conversations with someone on the sidewalk, be, be real with them, let them know how you're doing. Like these are the conversations that save lives. Like yes. the most times, the most powerful conversations I've had are with are with people who have shared pain, but we didn't know we shared the pain until we started talking. But it took that one, one second, one risk of, uh, hope, or one, I mean, a risk of vulnerability, to get to that conversation, but that conversation might have saved either of our lives. Now they're going to go have a conversation or you're going to have a conversation or I'm going to have a conversation with someone like this. It's very powerful.
1: The more I've opened up to people, it has got me closer to every single one of those people I've gotten that I've opened up to. And I hit it. Mm -hmm. I hit it for a long time. I hit it for 51 years. You know, it used to be Glazer's crazy, which Mm -hmm. is a a badge of honor in fighting and football, but they didn't know how much pain I was in. Right. Mm -hmm. And that pain has now gotten us a lot closer. Mm -hmm. i you know, want people to really understand exactly the message you're putting out there. The more you open up, it's not going to push people away. It's just going mm-hmm. to draw us closer together.
0: It is. It is. And, and you never know what someone's going through. You never know the battles they are going through in this life. We're, we're kind of taught, like, and this is what we're trying to change. Like you and I, like we're taught that, you know, to put your your baggage or your feelings on someone else is a burden or you, we shouldn't do that. But in reality, we're all probably going through more similar things than we think we are. Um, like we're probably like especially as men like we're probably feeling yep. more sad than we really say we are or, or more or more like just kind of unknown because we don't have never been taught how to handle certain emotions that we're feeling in, in the day-to-day life as we get older like but when we open up and talk about them we can connect there and then we can build off that and understand like hey okay no i'm not crazy no i'm not weird. no okay this is feeling. he's feeling it too and we can have this conversation that we should all be having as human beings
1: well, especially think also with athletes or anybody who's high, high performing in job, whatever it is, you gotta be fucked up going in, right? We gotta have some crazy <laughs> yeah. to get on yeah. a certain level, right? But what Definitely. do we do with that beast all of a sudden, right? So yeah. we gotta have it to get to where we are. And uh-huh. then we gotta, we gotta learn how to tame it and live with it and use it to mm-hmm. our advantage,
3: which we're yeah. now we're just starting to talk about. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack.
4: Visit slack.com to get started. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health.
0: Yeah. I mean, cause we can't be that, that fucked up person all the time. Right. I can't, I can't be Solomon Thomas on the field, all the field. Right. Or you'll see my name at, at the ticker at the bottom of, of right. the screen. Like right. we have to learn how to channel and control our emotions. And that's why I feel like therapy is so important or learning about mental health or, or learning just about yourself and your own feelings is, is so important. So you can control that and, and find ways to come back to center if, you're, if your emotions heighten or lower or. I think that's why these conversations of therapy and, and being able to compartmentalize your feelings are so important for and athletes, you and especially
1: I, the work we're doing. It's we're still, I man, we're probably still a decade away from really getting a huge yeah. change because it's like people ask me all the time now, "Hey, I need some help. What can I do?" And I tell them all the time, "Okay, first of all, go get a therapist now." And then yeah. <laughs> ninety-five percent of those people go, "Oh, I can't. I can't afford one. I can't do." Or no, and mm-hmm. I'm like, "No, they're coaches. They're coaches. Mm-hmm. You know, just like yeah. we would get a coach for anything else." You yeah. know, we we think about it. if you break your arm, you used to get people to sign your cast, right? Yeah. But if our hearts yeah. are, and our brains are, we hide it. It doesn't make any yeah. sense, right? We got to flip this narrative and flip this script. Mm-hmm. But the therapy is the best thing we could do,
0: and mm-hmm. and so many people are still. Eh, let's. And mm-hmm. That's why these conversations are so important. So important, and, and, and like you said, like if I tore my ACL, I'm going to a surgeon or or, right. or an orthopedic surgeon. It's like same with your heart or your brain. Like there's coaches out there for us, and right. and they're they're therapists, life coaches, psychologists, um, w- whatever it is. Like there's people out there for us because you know there's between the the mental health and physical health. It's not much different. The body right. goes one and one. Um, you know, if my brain's hurting, my body's hurting. If My body hurts, it's going to tell my brain something. So it's important to take care of your brain just as much as you take care of your body. Like you know, and and, and more. I've gone on with this work. I, I figured out more and how it relates to sports and how it's helped me get better at sports. How I can completely find a way to be clear and peaceful up here, my body moves faster, more fluid. Um, you know, it's it's just sinking quicker. Like people don't understand that, but the science of the it, the, the body goes one on one. So I like to try to call it the whole health instead of just mental or physical, because yeah. then we can understand that it all goes together.
1: I love that. I really love. It. And it's look for football players, too, NFL players. The difference between somebody who plays in the NFL and doesn't, I think it's all between the ears. Right? There's mm-hmm. a lot, there's a lot of people out there being yeah. faster, stronger than you who haven't made it. Yeah. It's between our ears, right? But it's, you know, I talk to these teams. I go, well, you guys don't mm. just run forties when you think you get slow. Like you're not just lifting mm. when you think that all of a sudden you're, you know, your, your push isn't strong, right? You're constantly doing it. Yeah. You're being proactive, yeah. but we only mm-hmm. seek out help therapists after the sky is falling. It's too yeah. late, right? Yeah. So we need to start doing that just as strong as we mm-hmm. do the physical stuff.
0: Yeah. Like, like therapy should be, should be prehab, not rehab. Like we're not taught how to deal with all the emotions of life. Like, you know, it's just, life is a lot. Like there's a lot of stuff that goes on for certain people, a lot of adversities, a lot of ups and downs. And we're not taught like in elementary school, middle school, high school. We're not taught how to go through this. Like I I learned most of it through sports, but then there was a lot that I was still missing. I still need to go to therapy to learn how to deal with emotions and, and handle certain pains, handle certain things I had never even felt before. But that's why I think, you know, therapy is just so great because it's, it's literally a life coach teaching us how to deal with emotions that we are never taught before.
1: When Since you've come out, one of the things I talk a lot about a lot of being of service, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and being of service is one of my pillars to get me through my gray.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Have you been able to see how much you've been of service now? Like, have you noticed, like, the, the number of people you've helped or, you know, the people have mm-hmm. come over to you thanking you, like, oh, thanks for making this okay. Mm-hmm. And, and, and has that been able to lift you up?
0: Yeah. You know, I was actually, I, I was with a friend the other day. We were in DC and, you know, she was, she was talking about, you know, NFL players talking about mental health. And, you know, she said, that's a, that's a reason because of you. And I originally was like, no, like, you know, I'm, I'm just, you know, just talking, doing my thing. But she was like, no, like you need to take that credit. Like you deserve that. And I I fought with that a, a lot for a while because I'm like, I'm like, you know, I'm just doing work. I'm just telling my story, telling my sister's story, having my foundation, that am moving on. But like, I've really, the last four years of my life, I've put, all my dark secrets out there. I put all my vulnerability out there and I try to do it because I know people out there are struggling. I know those guys in the locker room are hurting worse than I am. And I want to find ways to get them to talk. I want to find ways to help them out. And it's changed. Like in the locker room, guys, we talk about mental health now. We talk about finding ways for therapy. Even if they don't want to go to therapists, finding someone to talk to, a sports psychologist, or something like Dad Prescott speaking out. You got, right. you know, you got some of the biggest names in sports talking about mental health now. Like it is such like... I mean, we have really changed like what's going on here and then, you know, I, I just think it's the beginning and I think, you know, pe- we're letting people be human and I think we need to continue to do that.
1: But you need to love yourself up for it. Yeah, absolutely. And that's hard mm-hmm. for us. I I'll, I'll now mm-hmm. screenshot messages of someone that says, Man, thank you, you saved my life, or you empowered me, mm-hmm. you lifted me. And when I'm yeah. at my greyest, I'll go back to those and say, Okay, Jay, you're not such a piece of shit. Like, look at what you're doing. And it's it's, it's <laughs> I like a, that. It's, yeah. It's something I'm learning how to learn how to love myself up. Yeah. Right? And you also, yeah. man, you really gotta. You deserve to love yourself up for this, man. Mm-hmm.
0: I appreciate that, Jay, yeah. and, and so do you. And I'm gonna steal that from you because those, those messages mean a lot. And right? and I've gotten a lot of, of fan mail, emails, DMs, whatever it is, telling me like what my sister's story has done, what right. my story has done, and and like you said, we deserve to love ourselves, and so do you. And I'm proud yeah, of you man. and everything you've done.
1: Appreciate you, And think about this: Those are the messages we get. Think about the messages we don't get. How many people out there mm-hmm. you've helped out, people that you've saved. There are people out there mm-hmm. who've paid it forward to others and you just, yeah. you don't know how many people you're going to end up saving, man. But it, we say mm-hmm. if it's one, that's a great life for you. And it's been a lot more yeah. than one for you. I'm really, yes, I'm really proud yeah. of you, brother.
0: I'm proud of you too. Cause I know it's been right. way more than one too.
1: <laughs> no, I appreciate that, man. T- give us one, one last thing here on your, on your foundation where people can find help with it and, and yeah. it, like, let's let's mm-hmm. pump it out there a little bit more. And then yeah, I got one yeah, last sir, question yeah. for you after that.
0: Yes, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So foundation's called the defensive line. You can find us at the dot org. going around, trying to help, you know, like really focusing in school with businesses and sports programs, really just trying to create safe mental environments, teach everyone how to look for warning signs, how to deal with crisis situations, how to have an action plan, really just trying to get the awareness and education out there so we can deal with these things. These are things we're not taught, you know, and my big motivation on it was of getting to the mentors was because when I met, so when I was at school in high school all day, I wasn't around my parents. I was around my friends, I was around my teachers. So they saw my behavior changes at home. I was, just, I was fried. So I was just like, um, oh, I'm burnt out for the day. I'm just going to play video games, do a homework, go to sleep. My parents didn't see that. So we're trying to teach everyone to be able to be a safe place for everyone around them. So we can create this environment where everyone can just be themselves.
1: I love that, man. It's that's the thing to give us a safe place is that's a new thing for all of us. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful yeah. work, brother. Beautiful.
0: I appreciate so, it. Jay.
1: Last question here. Give me your unbreakable moment. And what I mean by that is man, something that could, and you might've already talked about it, mm-hmm. something that could have broken you and didn't. And you came through the other side of that tunnel as a result, you're stronger for it. And you could use that as your currency for the rest of your life.
0: Mm-hmm. My unbreakable moment. Um, I would say, um, uh, I've already said it. I mean, yeah. losing my sister was definitely my I, unbreakable moment. I was going really to use Tyler, my ACL, but I mean, really, yeah. I really could have gone one or two ways after losing Ella. I could have gone down and been down forever, but you know, I really, I really have just bought into this work. I've really seen how it affects our people in this road. I've I seen how it affects myself and, and people like myself in this league. We need it. We have so much work to do. And you know, it's just, that was my moment where I really was like, Hey, like, I'm, I need to break. I'm going to break through this. And once I saw and broke through it, like I was like, wow, there's a lot of work to do. There's a lot more unbreakable moments coming up for a lot of people. So that was kind of my moment.
1: Love it, man. Dude, I'm proud of Hey, we're brothers in soul now, man.
0: Yes, sir. We are. We got a lot of yes, work sir. to
1: do together, man. I'm, I'm going to make sure we get each other's number and, you know, definitely, uh, you got a teammate you can turn to when those roommates are, are starting to bark to you, man. And I'll do the same mm-hmm. with you.
0: Yes, sir. Yeah. No, I'm here for you as well, Jay. I appreciate that.
1: Friday, brother. Thank you so much, man. I'm really proud of the work you're doing. Again, start loving yourself up, mm-hmm. man. Proud to walk this walk together.
0: Yes, sir. Me too. I appreciate it, Jay. Thank you for the platform.
1: That's uh, all you got, it, buddy.
0: Getting ready to take on spring?
1: Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real Steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024.
0: See participating retailer for details.
4: Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques. Whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products.